Sinners Anonymous is back with another episode. My name is Justine. Mary. Martin. Mike. George. Karen. Irene. Theophilus. So this segment is called My Big Fat Egyptian Wedding. And um, if you haven't guessed, it's about relationships. Um, This is actually one of the most requested topics that we discuss. So we're here to deliver. Um, So stay tuned to hear our views and how we think it's best to battle cultural and societal stigmas. And don't forget to follow us on our socials. Our Instagram is at sinners.anonymous and all our videos can be found linked in our bio. All right, so the big topic is finally here. What does it mean to have a relationship in the Coptic community? Notice I didn't say the Coptic church, the Coptic community. What is a relationship? What is permissible? What is not permissible? What is allowed? What is not allowed? What is haram? What is halal? Happy Ramadan, everyone. Um, Today, we are going to talk about the issues that matter to you. You've written to us. You've texted us. You've DM us in an appropriate way. Thank you very much. And we are here to talk about these issues. We are here to get real. We are here to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And okay, maybe some beauty. And get down to the topic, the, the substance of the topic. How do we have relationships with each other? How do we have friendships with each other that glorify God, that are beneficial? And what constitutes that which is okay and that which is not okay? That is which is that which is healthy and that which is unhealthy. These are the important topics that you guys want to hear about. So here we are bringing them to you. So let's start off with a big one. Do you guys think it's possible for a guy and a girl to be in a, in a, have a friendship and not fall for each other? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Karen went first. So Karen, lay on us. Yeah, I think it's possible. Once you set your boundaries and if it's actually a friendship, what's what's the issue? Why not? So I've actually heard from, I don't know, again, this is um, something. Guys don't like to be friends with, I don't want to say they don't like to be friends with girls, but why would they be friends with girls unless if they don't have alternative motives or if they're like interested? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that's true because... Like, you can easily, like, look at some... You're not going to be attracted to every single, like, opposite gender, like, that you meet. You obviously haven't met a lot of a lot of guys. <laughs> well, like, I don't know. Like, you're not going to look at every single girl and be like, I want them all. Like, I feel like you're going to have some friends. And sometimes, let's say, like, maybe some guys, like, will try to initiate a relationship. But if the boundaries are set... And, like, you show them that there's no, like, interest in a relationship, then why not have a friendship? So this is a definitely a big question. I think it needs to be a little clarified because what level of friendship am I in? I mean, are we just saying, like, I mean, we're all friends here. But are we saying, like, best friends, which I think is what we're talking about? I feel like that's maybe a little bit more challenging. Not b- just because um, of the friendship itself, but, okay, say I'm friends with with a girl and say I do uh, and later on I'm in a relationship with another person um, this will definitely have complications for her as well you know that that's what just one factor I feel that maybe I gonna affect a friendship but you know there's also the attraction you know can are we able to just stay friends you know are we is the guy gonna be attracted to her or vice versa or 
I mean, it's, if it's, it happens naturally, like it, it just happens. Because sometimes people start off as friends, which I think sure. is like really healthy that they yeah. have a friendship to start off with. And if if it escalates into like a relationship naturally, then why not? The problem that happens sometimes is that we go into it with different expectations. And you have one person who thinks that this is just a platonic relationship and the other person actually really likes her romantically or she likes him romantically. And if there's not a communication between the two, um, then you wind up having a bit of an issue because then each one has different thoughts of what's going on and they're really it, and then there becomes to be some issues. That's a really good point. I think understanding the purpose of the friendship from both sides is really important because if, like you said, Mike, if someone is going in with different expectations out of the friendship than someone else's, it won't be friendly or have happy endings. <laughs> and I think sometimes people send mixed signals. Like I, I know of an example of some of one time where someone invited her him to her to meet her parents, and so he thought this was actually serious. like something serious, and she didn't mean it that way at all. But that was the signal that she sent out. Mm. Well, <laughs> yeah. Here, here's the thing, though. Poor like guy. two two comments about that. One expectations are always changing they're always evolving you might start off the relationship or the friendship with a certain set of expectations you might and she might be on a completely different plane and they can flip they can get in sync sometimes you can perceive that oh i really like what you said about yada 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 you'd be like oh yeah she likes me when she has she has absolutely no desire in fact i think that that's probably one of the most common things especially in in the in the good guy uh, you know coptic community not not to say that there's a bad guy caught the community. Who knows? But it, in you know the the nice boys, it's so hard to read. You know the other gender. Like, is she into me? Is she not into me? Like, is this something that I should be pursuing? Is is does she just want to be platonic? Right? It's it's like you're reading Hebrew and and you have no idea what what it says, but you're interested. You want to know and and you just can't. So the question then becomes: Well, how do we better set expectations? when we start off these friendships and these relationships and how do we maintain that we're staying true to them? Because if we're not, if we're not cognizant of it, if we just let our emotions develop willy nilly without any kind of overwatch, right? And I think everyone here knows what overwatch is uh, and, and we're not policing our, our thoughts and emotions and our behaviors, you get into a lot of trouble very quickly. Communication. And, <laughs> and not leaving things out in the dark, I think that's another issue is making sure that other people know about what's going on and that you have some intentionality and not just like the office was saying it's not just willy-nilly just know what's going on and kind of pick up on the signals and it's the the issues happen more when we just go with the flow and aren't thinking about what we're doing so actually i want to jump back to the point you mentioned justine which is communication because I feel like that's a point that we kind of miss sometimes, you know, like at least I'll speak for like us girls, like usually when like you think a guy is giving you a signal, like instead of going to talk to the guy, you'll be like, oh my God, Irene, like he said this, what do you think? Oh or yeah, like, that's so true. Or like he, he yeah. snapped me this, like let's let's like interpret this, let's have a girl's night, right? Yeah. And then sometimes it gets confusing because then like Irene <laughs> thinks he likes you and like the other girl's like, no, he's being nice and... Like, at the end of the day, I think you need to have a conversation with the person and see if... Which is easier said than done, I get, but... But then who who initiates that conversation? 
Well, Ooh, whoever's maybe maybe like the person that's having feelings. I mean, I don't see the like what's the problem with being upfront and saying like, okay, like I know like we're friends like right now, but I just want to know like, is this like going somewhere? Like, are we staying like just friends, or are you planning on this like growing into something? Like, I feel like that should be like normalized, like having that conversation. And like you said, Irene, it should be normalized, and I think it's not. Yeah. Because yeah. I think a lot of people have, I don't want to say egos, but they don't want to put their walls down, So the, and, or they don't want to stand the chance of, like, getting rejected. So rather than that, they kind of just, like you said, Mike, wait it out, see what happens, go with the flow, and then nothing ever happens, and everyone's sitting there, does he like me, does she like me, I don't know, can she text me, can he text me, you know, and it's kind of just like, yeah, it's just like a waiting game, basically, until, you know, you're 45 and still single, so. (laughs) That's a new one. We brought brought out all the stops to this. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. If we lived in a community uh, and had relationships and felt comfortable enough with each other to be that forward and that honest, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, yeah, this would be a lot easy. But is that the case? Because I get the feeling, or at least the stories that I hear, you know, I'm such an old man, I'm I'm no longer in the game, guys, but like the stories that I hear is there's a lot of deception. There's a lot of mistruths. There's a lot of things that are purposely left unclear, whether it's someone's beliefs, what they actually believe, Someone, what they do for a living, what they're trying to accomplish in life, even their values. Like, yeah, yeah, I like that too. And no, you don't. You don't like it at all. You know, church annoys you. <laughs> you, you. The first thing you, and the last thing you're thinking about when you're in liturgy is, when am I going to get out of, out of here? Right? right. Meanwhile, she's like, you know, like, how is that going to work if it does progress to the sacrament of marriage? I think to back up just a little bit. I think we also have to look at kind of how Mike mentioned in the beginning expectations, but at the same time, is somebody ready to go into a relationship or Mm. what, for what reason are they looking to be in a relationship? So can we back up and talk about knowing ourselves first before knowing somebody else? If we keep keep backing up, we're going to just run into (laughs) the guy behind us. Adam and Eve. (laughs) So, so Justine, where do you want to take this? Let's go. Yeah, let's start with knowing ourselves first, because that, that's really important. So, yeah, a lot of the pr- problems that happen with relationships is if you don't know yourself well, and if you haven't matured well, and you're trying to get into a relationship or even a friendship with somebody, um, it, if you don't know who you are and you just mold yourself into whoever you're with, then you're just, everything's going to go south. Because you're going to be with this person, and you're going to be this person, and you're going to be with the next person, you're going to be the other person, and who are you really? And nothing's really going to—the communication's even going to work because you're not communicating yourself. You're communicating some other version of yourself. And so the most important person is us, like you yourself, and your relationship with God. I think uh, there's a time, definitely, um, where personal gain is kind of most maximized— when you're single you it's it's difficult there is a blessing and a gain when you're in a relationship which is great but having that personal growth uh it's it's can be difficult at times to happen when with the other person just because your personality kind of develops on a dependency as opposed to just independence you know when when i say independent i mean just relying on yourself completely but your personality growth you learn how to manage your own ideals you know how to learn how to manage 
your your time you figure out what you want in life when you're single and this this is crucial for a young person for for teens for especially for women and, and for guys too obviously you need to men need to to grow um and you also learn how to depend on, on god more um when you're single as opposed to a relationship you know this is when you're when you're struggling with something going through a you know a trouble whether it's mental spiritual whatever um your, your parents are there your friends are there but um you tend to lean more a little bit to god too so you have you have that the spiritual growth the mental growth and also like you know education and everything like that where you are so this there, there is a certain necessity of being sing- single which is i think i feel like it's being dismissed today the, the the single the single life is is so important so so important so you know i feel like that's maybe maybe needs to be addressed a little more well let's talk about our culture and single life does our culture really <laughs> like single people i mean they like it at like until a certain age or like a certain success point mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like once you reach that point you're like marriage <laughs> like you totally skip yeah. over everything else um, <laughs> yeah. Has, has anyone felt that? Well, she, she didn't. Hold on, she yeah, didn't finish. Yeah. No, no, but like that's what I was just saying. Um, like, you get to a certain point where you're, you're forced, not forced, but you're, pre- you're supposed to be single until you reach a certain age, and then you hit another age, and then you have to jump into marriage. Like you totally skip over meeting opposite genders and having conversations and having friendships, <laughs> and you have to jump into marriage. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't make sense. It's like that switch that turns on. <laughs> yeah, you hit a certain age and it's like, okay, give me the dates. When is the wedding? Baby shower? Like, <laughs> lay <it> down. <laughs> and I, and I suffer. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I think a lot of that comes from a good place. And I mean, nobody's saying that to make us feel bad. A lot of it's just cultural. But jumping back to what George and Mike were saying, I think a lot of the growth in being single, like they were saying, is identifying your priorities and the things that you absolutely want in a relationship and that if it's not there, a relationship is not going to work. And unfortunately, sometimes that means letting go of relationships that we thought would work or that we wanted to work, but it might just not be aligned with who we are. Like if you're, you know, very religious and you want someone who's very serious about God and there's a guy you like, but he's just not that into it, then that might be something that you just have to let go of. And you have to know that those priorities for you that are, um, like a necessity, are things that you can't get into a relationship with someone if they don't have those things. He has the three Ds. <laughs> Deacon, Dr. Yamama, where, what, what is it, George? Dammu Khafif. Dammu Khafif. Like, he, on paper, he presents, yeah, and he, yeah, there's a whole line of people ready to, 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 you're telling me that it's, even though that's the case, even though on paper it checks all the boxes, even though Tantabas Busa, my mother, my grandmother, my great-grandmother who passed away, all of them, they want me to marry this guy, I should actually stop and make sure that we're in line with our beliefs? Well, you're not marrying a piece of paper. You're marrying a human being. And that human being... <laughs> yeah, yeah let me, no, you, you need more. <laughs> And you're marrying him, not Tante Vespusa. Yeah, exactly. Tante Vespusa doesn't have to live with him for the next 50 years or however long you live. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's spoken like a true married person. Uh, (laughs) Continue, please, because you're speaking gospel right here. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) 
no pressure. <laughs> I mean, it, it is important though. Like the things that other people want for us might not be what we're looking for or what's best for us. And you really have to make that decision based on how you're going to live the rest of your life and how you want your family to be down the line. Um, so, you know, if, I mean, whoever you're compatible with and if, you know, if they're not a doctor, they're not a doctor. You, it's not like the end all be all. If someone you get along with and someone who has the same values and same priorities, you make compromises on, on the things that aren't a necessity for you. And I think in the past it's been, I mean, like if I look at my grandma, for example, or my great grandma, they all like back then it used to be, and even here in America too, women used to get married at younger ages. They would stay at home. They'd be at stay, you know, stay at home moms. Um, so prioritizing an education or work was never in in the lifestyle back then. So then when they come and look at our generation now, it's such a big gap between where they were raised and versus where we're raised. And I think sometimes they have a hard time seeing that. So when they see like women who are in their early, mid twenties, mid late twenties, for example, not married, for example, they're like, what's wrong with her? You know, there has to be something wrong. Or a guy, you know, in his thirties and he's not engaged or something what's wrong with him why isn't he engaged you know um and it, it's not that it's 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 not it's not that it's incorrect to get married younger but it's just nowadays there are so many other things that are out there for and i'm talking about females because it was different for them much more different for them back in the day versus now um and so back then um, they didn't go to college. They worked very minimal jobs if they did. Nowadays, in order to get a minimal education, you need like three to four years of an undergraduate degree, and then you go to graduate school. Then God knows what postgrad studies or, or training you do after, and then you do the job search. So it's it's a much stretched out timeline that we have now versus how it was back then. And so that generational gap, I think can sometimes impose pressures on the current generation that are not incorrect, but are sometimes affecting a girl's self-esteem, for example, of, oh my goodness, I'm 25 and I'm not married yet. You know, is there something wrong with me? Well, what are you worried about getting a career for? You're just going to stay home and make babies. Well, exactly. <laughs> that's what, that's what they're saying. That's what Tanpas Busa says. <laughs> like that, that's what, and, and, and that's. The farms around here are going away, so. I don't think that's going to work anymore. Most of the what? The farms around here are going away. We're just building houses where the farms were, so it's we can't a, live that way I anymore. think it's a Saeedi joke. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I thought you were talking about like the nurseries here in Florida it. or something. I was like, well, oh, they see, are? see that's, that's the problem that we have. And I, you know, I hate to bring up you know, past subjects, but there is a cultural clash right, between what our parents and the older generation has come to accept as the natural progression of life and that which is the new normal. And the new normal is if a woman wants to go out and get a career and, and use the talents that God gave her and invest it into, you know, the way that she's supposed to invest it according to the parable of the talents of the servant, right? That, that wasn't just male servants. It's female servants too, right? Then she has every right to do that. But of course, every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Mm -hmm. And if that is understood, and if your father confessor is on your side, and of course you've talked this out with your parents, which is a tough one, <laughs> and, and everyone's at least on the same page, you're aware, then okay, then do, do that which you feel God is calling you to do, right? But, but to say that every single girl, the second she is 16 or 18 or whatever it is, should start be looking, you know, it's like 
don't talk to the boy, don't talk to the boy, don't talk to the boy. Like, she turns 18, why are you not married yet? You told me not to talk to any boys. Like, what am I supposed to be doing, right? So it's like the switch happens. It's, it's, it's the weirdest thing in the culture. And by the way, it's nothing to do with religion. It's the weirdest thing in the culture. It's so confusing. It's a lot of Mediterranean cultures. Like, other people that I know... Um, in, and even Indian people, they say the same thing, that they're, in their culture, it's the same thing. And I think it goes back to the point of just being able to have friends of the opposite gender when you're younger, not for any other ulterior motive other than just the fact that you're getting a different perspective. You're, you're interacting with these people and seeing how they think differently. Men and women think differently. So, and you know, someone once said a, a friendship is basically like a safe perspective. You're not in a fr you're not in a relationship. You're not obligated to act in any certain way. You're just friends with this person. You're getting their perspective on life, on their decisions. And it just kind of gives you a look into what, you know, how other people think. But how do you manage the boundaries? Because it's so easy to say, oh, you know, that's just my guy best friend. And then. Before you know it, in a moment of weakness, in a time when you feel like you're so alone and this person is there for you, well, maybe the line gets a little bit blurred, right? Maybe you fall into temptation. Maybe you kind of totally don't even realize and not even cognizant and are in denial about it. And then you find yourself, you know, in a relationship with this person or even worse, the idea of this person, right? How do you have or is it even possible for us to have platonic relationships with the opposite gender uh, or I should say friendships, I don't mean relationships, with, with the opposite gender, and still be able to keep God in the midst of us? Is that possible? Yeah. Let's, let's try to answer the question. I really do think it's possible. Um, and that's also like knowing your boundaries. Like there's definitely things like you shouldn't say, you shouldn't do. Like if like a girl knows like when she's being flirtatious, like obviously like don't flirt with him if you don't have any intention of dating to not give him like, the wrong idea and that goes like both ways like men can easily like you know pull you along for a ride and give you this idea that they like you when they have no intention so it's being like upfront like don't like mislead the other person if you don't have any intention of being with them like I feel like that's like the first thing and then I'm gonna go back and say like you should be upfront like if you have a desire from the beginning of talking to this person that you want to get into a relationship like, I think it needs to be addressed. Absolutely. Like, I know that sounds hard, but, like, I feel like that's the only, like, realistic thing. Like, if you're going to start this friendship and you know that you are looking to be in a relationship, it needs to be addressed. And I think getting to know the person a little bit better as well. And you could you could get to know somebody um, of the opposite gender really well. And, like, for example, you could start off in group settings. You know, you guys are all hanging out together. Um, I think it's also important to know how if they're if you're looking to be in a relationship with someone, how somebody interacts with their friends, how they interact with other people, strangers, waiters, waitresses, you know, things like that. So you can gauge their perception, their personality, their attitudes, what are their weakness points, strengths, things like that. Um, and like you said, Irene, you know, being upfront and being, you know, communicative. Is that a word? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> SAT word of the day. Um, so if you if you're if you communicate that to somebody, then there shouldn't be any like blurred lines. But then again, it comes down to who's gonna drop their ego first, or who's gonna you know shed their wall down and 
say, hey, I'm interested in you and put the risk out there of getting rejected. That's I think that's the problem that we face a lot. Um, I actually saw this meme the other day that was like our society these days these days normalizes not caring. And but in reality, like we do want somebody who care. We do want somebody who calls, who asks if we're okay. you know, stuff like that. But, you know, the cool thing is to act like you don't care, which I don't know who made that up, but (laughs) it's a thing. It's a thing. What about qualifications? And, And I don't mean what does he do? How much money does he make? And I don't mean that in terms of qualifications. Does the advice that it is permissible and it is okay? to be in a friendship with the person of the opposite gender, does that apply to everyone of every age? Or are there certain qualifications we need to make sure we meet before we would advise someone to do that? I think it, I think it, you have to be at a certain point um, in your life, like going back to like self-analyzing, like if you are, if you, and with your, you have to be with your father in confession and Absolutely. analyze it yourself because I think having a father in confession like with this topic is extremely important to help guide you through what the next step is. Like if you ask him like Abuna, like I'm thinking of getting into a relationship, he will ask you the necessary questions and help guide you into like the next step. Like, okay, Habibti, like maybe you are ready or maybe no, I think you're too young spiritually or you're not mature enough for a relationship yet. Um, like I, I, that's what I would say. Like you would have to talk to a father for confession or your parent if you're comfortable with it. And that's a great point. Like thinking of why do you want to be in a relationship? Oh, actually, I think usually now, like girls nowadays, they're they're doing it just because everyone else is doing it. So they'll start getting into a relationship and then they'll get out of it and they're like, I can't be single, so I have to get into another one. And then they just keep going there's no healing that's so true yeah Mm -hmm. so then by the time they're actually so it's the age of them getting married they're like well i don't want to get married now Mm -hmm. i've seen too much i've like i've been hurt too many times too many times i don't want to get married now and there's they just don't get married at the end Mm -hmm. or they'll wait for a long time and then they just don't they don't get married because the the pressure on the young girls nowadays they're like oh you have to you have to have someone, you have to be in a relationship or else you're the weird one. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like someone has to teach girls nowadays, especially the young ones, that it's normal to, to be single. It, that's the right thing. But um, it's, it's the pressure. Yeah, I think we're tying it all together, actually. So you need to have a bunch of guides. You need to have people that you trust in your life that can talk to you. There are times when we do things that are just foolish and that we're just not in our right minds. And you need to have someone, whether it's a a good spiritual friend, whether it's your parents, whether it's your father confession. And the more of those godly people that you have in your life, the more they can wake you up and be like, hey, what are you doing here? Just like wake up, be intentional about what you're doing. And yeah, that relationship uh, or that friendship may be okay with you at a certain point in your life. It may not have been okay at another point in your life. How you're interacting with that person, whether it's in a group with a lot of other people, if it's one-on-one in a way where the, if certain things are not, are, are not kosher and are not going the way that they should be going. And then also have, have a plan for yourself think that we are important enough that I am important enough 
that God loves me and he has a plan for me and I have this plan that I want to do and it's not what he wants to do, what she wants to do, or what he wants me to do. And it's not a one size fits all. I don't have to get married at 16 and I don't have to wait until I'm 38 to get married either. And maybe for me getting married early and then having kids and then completing my career afterwards is is what's going to work for me or maybe having my career early on is going to work for me be open to a lot of things but not have everything people move you i think that's where church comes in or especially like sunday school now especially like for high school girls or middle school they like they need their servants to talk to them about that. But the but like church is now kind of like, oh I have my fashion academy. Why? Like they know yeah, they've seen a taboo lot. topic, yeah. Yeah, like you're supposed to talk to them or else who are they gonna talk to? They're gonna talk to their friends at school that are bad their influence and then they're just gonna keep telling them, Oh, I yeah, do that and but it, mm-hmm. it's not. But I feel like church needs to up their game in the <laughs> <laughs> for that point yeah and like tell them that yeah it's okay you can and like teach them yeah, like but, teach them like the proper way like instead yeah. of saying like no we just don't do that like tell them like okay like this is how it would be done properly like in the right way in christ's eyes mm-hmm. like help them guide them like in a, like a correct way and also like i have to say this like if you're young and you have to hide it from your parents like then just don't do it because like that's just how you know like that's just how you know or how about this one <laughs> here's here's the thing if if god is not invited into the friendship it's not kosher if you feel as if god was in the room when you're having the discussions or he's also getting a copy of the dms uh i know that's a horrible thought but you have to think about it or um he can hear the internal thought process that you are having and you are embarrassed or ashamed habibi stop because <laughs> it's not going to end well I promise you it's not going to end well. And and even if well, then some people say, well, I, I love this person. They're, they're my forever person. Right? It's like we're, we're going out and we're picking dogs at the pound. <laughs> this is oh my, my I want to give you a forever home. <laughs> like, we're doing charity. Let's, but let's, let's, be, let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest. If, if you don't bring God into that relationship and let him choose for you, it's not going to end well. And if, it, and if that person really is for you, and God has laid his hands on the relationship or the friendship, you don't have to run this on your time. You let him figure it out. You let him figure out when the right time is, right? And you let him generally bring it in the direction that he wants to. And before you know it, it's going to happen. But if you force, if you force, if you try to push your will over God's will, well, there's an entire book that has some great stories about people who tried that and it ended up horrible for all of them, right? I mean, there isn't a single person in the Bible who forced their will over God's will and ended up happy. It just, it don't work. And you can still think about that in our lives. Yeah. In our lives and, 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 and show me anyone that's happy and don't be confused between infatuation and love. Like if you, let's say you meet the criteria, I'm going to drop some Sunday school knowledge here. Number one, 
uh, you are at a spiritual level where you are ready to accept another person in your life and be responsible for them. Mm-hmm. Like that's very important. We always forget that. I think a lot of people yeah. forget that when you're in a relationship, you're responsible for the other person just as much as like you are for yourself. Yes. Because then it becomes two independent people just running side by side, trying to please themselves in one way, shape or form. And it's never going to end happy. So and, it's, and it starts before the dibla, everybody. <laughs> people think, oh, it gets serious when you put the, put the dibla. No, 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 no. You know when it starts? The second you decide you want to have a friendship. You are now responsible for that other person. You're responsible for their happiness. You're responsible for their sense of self. You're responsible for their purity, guys and gals. You're responsible for everything about... You are now responsible for that person. Until it gets to a point where that person is detracting from your spirituality from your happiness, from your sense of being, from your relationship with God. And that's the best bellwether to know when something is not okay, right? That is God saying, if this person is going to take you away from me, you know what? It's over, right? This is not the person for you. In every friendship, in every relationship, the, the best ones are the ones that bring you closer to God, right? If all this person wants to talk about you know, the new mo- this new movie or the new kicks or, you know, Kim Kardashian or Kid Cudi and all these things. And never once you're talking about God and you feel fulfilled. You never once you're talking about the church. Never once, let's read the Bible together. You're not, you know, I prayed for you the other day. I put your name on the altar, right? And I actually mean those things because unfortunately there are, there are wolves in sheep's clothing, right? Let's be honest. If that person is not doing that and you're not doing it for the other person, there's no God in that relationship and there's no God in that friendship. So either you bring God in or you end it, right? So number one, you're responsible for each other. Number two, you're in a point where you're financially ready to be in a relationship. Uh, gentlemen, I, I want to tell you something. You think the most expensive thing you're going to buy her is that diamond ring? <laughs> Habibi, by the time you're in the grave, you're going to spend triple, quadruple more on her than just what the diamond ring costs, right? So it's important to keep something in mind. Can you handle that? Are you in a place where you can provide for yourself and the other person, right? And then the, the, the last thing is, do you know yourself? That's probably the hardest one, you know, because do you really know who you are? And the only way you can really know who you are is you've read the instruction manual, Zohuli Bible. Uh, you've talked to the creator and you've gotten some troubleshooting tips from the manufacturer, prayer, Jesus Christ. And most importantly of all, you've actually spent time testing, dry, testing it out. Like you, you know yourself. You spent some time reflecting and understanding who you are. If you don't have that deep sense of connection with God, you are not ready. And I'm sorry to be so judgmental. I've never met a 16-year-old, an 18-year-old, a 19-year-old, a 20-year-old that had all of those things. <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be real here. I've never met someone in their 30s that had all of those things, right? But the idea is, at some point, God says, "You're ready," and here's the other person. And if you're trying to force that, God help you. <laughs> Absolutely. God brought Eve to, to Adam. Adam didn't have to go hunting. How did that turn out? <laughs> <laughs> well. Happily after the, uh, after the one mistake. <laughs> I feel like it's a shade on women, and I will not stand for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So I want to answer the question of do you know yourself? And um, a good point that you mentioned, Theo, is that you need to wait and have some patience and allow God's plan to fall through. And I think besides knowing yourself, you also need to love yourself. It takes an immense amount of self-respect and self-love. <laughs> <Hallelujah>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
No, it it really does. It takes a great amount of self-respect and self-love to sit there and accept the rejections or accept that your relationship is not working out, your friendship is not working out, and to understand that, A, there's nothing wrong with you, and B, there is a plan for you. Because how are you going to face all the societal pressure of why don't you have a boyfriend? Why aren't you talking to someone? And why aren't you in a relationship when you're 20-something, 30-something, unless you do love yourself and you do believe that I'm worthy, you know, and there's really not anything wrong with me. It's just that's the way it is for now. And, and who's your biggest cheerleader? Your biggest cheerleader is God. Your biggest cheerleader is God. Who's going to love you more than anyone? God. So if you want to try to figure out how do you love yourself and get over, like, all your insecurities, it's God. Because God sees through all of that no matter what. Actually, what I did want to say is um, the God choosing someone for you, uh, that doesn't happen from... Okay, I decided here one day, I'm going to ask God about it the next day. No. The cho- the choosing process actually takes years. Like, I should be asking God, um, like on a daily basis for years, God, have someone of your choosing who's right for me, who's a good fit for me, who can help me grow when I get to <coughs> that point, and I can help them grow too. And this actually kind of helps because it takes a little bit of pressure off because sometimes from maybe from a guy's perspective too, uh, when you feel like you just have to figure everything out yourself, there's a lot of pressure there. Uh, when I have to, okay, like, can I make the right choice? You know, am I just choosing everything uh, from my own understanding? You know, this this is a lot of pressure and you just don't know what to do. But having, knowing there's someone helping you throughout the entire process, however long it takes, years, you know, however, however long it needs to be, um, this this will give you a little comfort, you know. So I think that was kind of what I wanted to mention. So um, quick question, just scoping the the room: Are are girls supposed to play the waiting game, and guys are the ones that pursue? <laughs> no, I don't. Think. Just I don't just know. curious. It doesn't have to be. I feel like I don't. I feel like it just happens. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but maybe I think it's supposed to happen like naturally. Like I don't. What like do you the, mean, I'm like kind of like yes or no? On like, that one. what do you mean by like the waiting game? Like, do we wait to be like approached? Right. Or, okay. Because oh. some people live by like an older. So that was kind of like the older idea, where again, girls kind of just stand there, they wait until somebody comes, they're approached, and then they say yes or no to the relationship and move forward. And guys were were te- were usually the ones that did the pursuing. Um, so what are your your perspectives on girls maybe doing the pursuing and guys sitting back? I think it's fine, honestly, but kind of like also going back to the culture thing, Yani, if if like Tant Basbusa sees someone doing that, she's like, Yeah, how do you can't like, like you're seen as like like very odd and just out yeah. of place if you did that. But I feel like it's that's fun. that should be fine. Like if you are interested and in, you want to initiate a conversation, like, go for it. Like, what's the... Yeah, it depends on the person, yeah, whatever they're comfortable with. It also depends on how it's done, too. Because if a guy sees someone being... A a girl being too forward, and he might take it as being, like, controlling or, like, being, like... Like, they're they're, they don't have the, the leadership role in that relationship... And they may be put off by it. And so it all depends on how it's done. There are tactful ways to make someone know that you're interested without being completely too off-putting. 
And guys can do it too. Guys can be very off-putting sometimes in the way that they approach someone. And so it really all depends on how you're doing it. But it also like comes down to like, I'm not trying to cut you off, but like you have to self-analyze. Like if you are the type of person that likes initiating conversation and that's just who you are, then do it. Like you don't have to pretend like you're waiting for a guy to approach you. Like just do it. And if he doesn't like women approaching him, he doesn't like a strong like, I don't know, confident woman like that, like, then that's just not for you. Yeah. Like, you just be who you want to be. Like, there's no, I feel like there's no right or wrong answer. Like, you just do you if you want to initiate, initiate. So let's move on into talking about baggage, bringing baggage into a relationship. Um, This is really heavy because I feel like everybody has a past. Everybody has something that's happened before. And... Um, trying to figure out when do I, you know, when do I take the mask off, so to say, for for the skeletons hiding in the closet. Not you, Theo. Uh, keep yours on. <laughs> we don't want to see your face. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so so when when do we when do we go into that? When when is a good time to, you know. Sh- reveal who you really are to somebody let's say you you started into you know getting more serious and you guys are getting to know each other at what point do you start telling them who you really are you know revealing deep secrets well, I'm gonna put you on the spot Mary I want a married perspective on this go <laughs> I think there's definitely I mean you don't want to jump into it too early if it's you know your first conversation you're not going to just tell them everything but I think it is important early on to you know kind of be upfront about what you're bringing in because if one of those things is a deal breaker for someone you don't want them to feel like they've been blindsided and you know why would you tell me this right before we get engaged Mm -hmm. when it's something that they wouldn't have wanted but you got so far into the relationship they kind of feel trapped um so it's definitely important to bring it up early but again like i said don't you know you don't want to scare someone you don't want to just jump right into it before you're ready so you have to make sure the a little bit of trust is there a little bit of you know faith that they're not going to use it against you or they're not going to judge you for it but um you know it kind of you want to give that person a fair chance to decide is this something i really want to get into or is this something that you know maybe i should find somebody else yeah you want the male married perspective wait until abuna puts the crowns on and then you can be yourself because if you if you do it beforehand she's gonna run away seriously guys she's gonna run away no, seriously. <laughs> no, but 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 that's actually a problem we hear all the time in the community. If we could get serious ones, like yeah. I thought I married Mister Perfect. I ended up marrying Mister, you know, morally obje- <laughs> subjective. Someone who doesn't really believe in any hardcore morals, or someone who appeared to be loving but is actually very selfish. They only love themselves, or someone who appeared to present as uh, someone who cared very much about Christ. But I got into the the marriage and. You know, that's just not the case. They love something else more or someone else more, right? These things happen all the time. If we're going to get real and talk about them um, in, in terms of what actually happens in the world, sometimes there's so much pressure to close the deal, if you know what I mean, to like to, to have finally be in a relationship, especially the older you get, especially for women, that sometimes people settle. Sometimes people refuse to pay attention to the messages the Holy Spirit is sending them, which is saying, whoa, this is not it. Stop, stop, stop. This person is not it for you. This person is not, is not going to be uh, the, the person that's going to take care of you and value you and be able to carry out the wasaya, the wasaya, the wasaya commandments. The commandments. You're giving commandments on the day that you get married, right? And you, if you don't follow those commandments, you will be judged. 
And those commandments are pretty harsh. The only one everyone knows is uh, woman, uh, obey your husband. That's the only one everyone knows. But if you were to actually read it, there's way more than that, right? You're supposed to cater to her happiness. You're supposed to do things that gladden her heart, right? So if you're doing things that gladden her heart, you're taking out the trash. You're putting the seat down. You know, you're, you're putting gas in the car while she sleeps. You're doing all of these things, right? The problem is we live in a, in a community that has a double standard. We live in a community and a culture that says, listen, if I see you talking to one boy, I am going to hit you so hard. Meanwhile, her brother is doing whatever he wants, hanging out with whoever he wants, being in whatever relationship he wants. Oh, boys will be boys. You know, boys need to learn how to be men. You know, let them just talk and have relationships and pornography and whatnot. And meanwhile, the girl's expected to maintain purity, like one spot, one little blemish, and she's just impure, right? That's an extreme. That's an extreme. I, I hope to God that's not in every church and every community, but it's an extreme that exists out there, right? So then you have these very pure women in some cases, and you have these men who are presenting as similar in terms of purity, but they're not. And then they're getting into a relationship and then she, she's getting to marriage and then she wakes up and she realizes this isn't love. Like this isn't sex. This isn't commitment. This isn't, these aren't the things that I was told to uphold, right? Because all of this baggage is being brought into the relationship. And now I have to deal with it like it's my problem, right? When I did everything right, I did everything I was supposed to. And 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 I even took this person's word for it. So now you're in this relationship where the marriage doesn't work and you've already, not only did you rush the marriage, you rushed the kids. Now you got three kids, four kids, five kids. What are you gonna do? Next time on Sinners Anonymous. Before I decided myself, okay, like this is, this is the right person for me, I first need to figure out what the baggage is. There, there is no divorce in the Coptic Church. There is no divorce except for very three very specific reasons. And the likelihood of, of you know, the relationship dissolving into that is unlikely. So you make a commitment, you're in it for life. So don't just say yes. You'd be surprised how much you can tolerate when you actually love this person. And that goes for friendships, family, relationships. Like, especially with girls, we're always like, oh, I, I can fix this. Like, I can take care of it. <laughs> so that's a, a good thing to think about is if if you don't think you can tolerate this small thing then that's probably not the person you want to pursue and and more importantly that this person follow is a follower of jesus christ i'm sorry to say just because they're christian just because they're deacon just because you know bintanes just because uh you know she comes from a good family it doesn't mean that they're a follower of christ it's really it makes your life is better when you I, i not that your life is bad before but i think it really does add to your you know your happiness and your relationship with god and with others and it's it's good to be married before you get married you're living in your life you're living your life on a scale between four and six your lowest times are going to be a four your highest times are going to be a six you get married and your highest time is going to be a 10 and your lowest is going to be a zero and then you have kids and your highest is like off the charts positive infinity and then your lowest is going to be negative infinity marriage is like sandpaper yeah, yes. I know, Mary. What does that mean? I know. <laughs> yeah, we're like, um, right? <laughs> yeah, get ready. Get ready.